Care Norris scrubs are designed with you, our healthcare heroes, in mind. Our luxurious scrubs are the perfect blend of style and comfort, giving you the freedom to feel confident and look your best while providing exceptional care. For a limited time, enjoy 20% off of our scrubs with code MCMS20 at karenware.com. Thank you for all that you do for patients and families every day. In the neuro-oncology of the society, we often talk about our patients actually being offered the options of clinical trials. And sometimes there are not, a lot of patients actually are not even offered these clinical trials if people don't know about it or they aren't referred to subspecialists. And I think anyone from a receptionist to a private practice physician, medical oncologist, or primary care physician who orders that first MRI when someone has a headache, everyone can play a part in those line of clinical trial. Welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode. And we're speaking today with Dr. Yoshi Umamura, who's moved to Arizona from Michigan. We're glad that you're the new chief medical officer of the Ivy Brain Tumor Center, but I understand that you have some other roles and positions, and if you would, tell us what they are. Sure. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm glad to be in the warm climate here. Uh, I am thawing, and I I am the new chief neuro-oncologist here at Barrow Neurological Institute in the Division of Neuro-Oncology. And I, as you say, I'm also a chief medical officer of the Ivy Brain Tumor Center at Barrow Neurological Institute. Welcome to town. Thank you. We're glad that you're in Arizona. Um, I want to talk to you about why Arizona? Why come out here and and work with St. Joe's and be a part of this team? Um, So um, it was... Dr. Natterson and I played a big part. He and I met a little over a year ago uh, when he saw my research that I was doing at University of Michigan, a clinical trial uh, that is still being conducted. Um, He reached out to me to give a talk at the Ivy Brain Tumor Center seminar, and that led to friendship, and he recruited me out here. Um, I initially wasn't looking to leave where my um, University of Michigan home and my colleagues who are fantastic, I still collaborate with them. Um, but uh, after getting to know Dr. Sinai's team and Ivy Brain Tumor and the mission, uh, it really drew me and I, I felt that there were a lot of things that passion and goals that we shared and I wanted to be part of the team. How much of a difference does that make to, to be able to collaborate and get along with your colleagues? Is that? It sounds like that's a big thing that drew you out here was the the sense of it, knowing it the work they're doing, but you could be a part of it. Yeah, I think that's a prerequisite for success in cl- in clinical research. Um, one of my mentor um, at University of Michigan once told me, when you're creating a team, make sure you work with people you want to hang out with, because you don't want any you know drama or friction when you're trying to achieve something that no one has. Yeah. And so when you came out here for that visit, uh, typically you go out to dinner, or you meet with people. Is that where you really hit it off and you felt like, wow, this could be my next home? Uh, in a way. So uh, when I gave the talk, it was in, in the midst of the pandemic, so it was virtual. Um, okay. So we didn't meet immediately um, in person. Uh, we actually met at the Society for Neuro-Oncology meeting. He took me out to coffee because I wasn't wine and dined here. Uh, and uh, we we hit it off then. Um, and when you're at the neuro-oncology meeting, it's a small community. There's really not much of 
like, you know, what institution is on your badge. It's more about what your interests are, what your backgrounds are. We talk about food. We talk about where you're from, what kind, you know, what collaborators you have. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of same people. Yeah. Um, so, so it wasn't so much that I was brought out here wine dined. It was, you know, I got to know uh, Dr. Sanai outside of Barrow. Uh, and he convinced me to come out for a visit, okay. um, which was a few months after my talk. How long have you been in the field now? How long have you been doing research? Uh, I finished my fellowship in 2017. Okay. Um, and I finished my residency in 2015. So depending on when you count as yeah. getting into research, um, I have been a physician since 2011, so a bit over a decade now, which feels like a long but short time. <laughs> <laughs> and I became interested in neuro-oncology vaguely before, the, you know, during when I was a student. And then uh, when you're in neuro-oncology, I think research just becomes in part of your life um, because standard of care is just not acceptable. And someone is in some way, some form, part of research. And when I was in a fellowship at Memorial Sloan Kettering, uh, that's when my interest for clinical trials really grew. Um, so if I count that, uh, it's been a bit longer, but yeah. as um, finishing and being on my um, on after training, it would be from 2017. Okay, thank you. We want to talk about research, but I want to wind it back a little bit to um, ask you why neuro-oncology? Maybe not so much why you just got into medicine, but why this specialty? Um, so... I think I can't really talk about that without talking about neurology in general because, you know, foremost, I'm not a medical oncologist. I'm a neurologist, yeah. trained neuro-oncologist, which in neuro-oncology, you have medical oncologists and neurologists, and we all, um, you know, get along. But there's some difference, I think. Um, first of all, medical oncologists can treat other cancer, and us neurologists, we can treat a lot of neurological issues as on ourselves as well. Um, I fell in love with the brain as a medical student. Um, and then when you, I was in residency picking a subspecialty, um, I, I followed the patients I was drawn to, to the neuro-oncology field. Okay. You were one of a few neuro-oncologists in the area with experience in phase zero clinical trials. Why did you get into clinical trials? I know this, you mentioned this is part of part and parcel of being neuro-oncology, but how does being involved with trials help to improve care mm -hmm. and the care that you, as a part of this team, provide to patients? Sure. So in neuro-oncology, um, there are multiple things that we treat. There is primary brain tumor, cancer-related neurology, brain metastasis, but um, really the bread and butter of primary brain tumor is glioblastoma. And glioblastoma, half of the patients with glioblastoma die within 18 months. That's the median survival. Um, it just goes to show that in the past 100 years or longer, we just haven't moved the needle enough. You know, it's just not acceptable. Standard of care is just not acceptable to anyone, um, to patients, to physicians. Um, and the only way to change that is through clinical trial. So that's why it's so inherent to people in neuro-oncology to be part of either opening a national trial or, or industry trial or collaborating with scientists or 
So, you know, some patients, some uh, clinicians are clinician scientists and they have their own bench to bedside uh, research as well. Um, and I love collaborating with brilliant scientists to bring their science into bedside. So I think that's the only way to really come up with anything better in clinical trial. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a short break and come back in the Arizona Physician Podcast with Dr. Yoshi Umamura. Interested in CME, patient and professional referrals, networking and connecting with other physicians across the valley, want to be highlighted in our Arizona Physician Magazine and Podcast, or interested in exclusive discounts for your next vacation? At MCMS, we offer all of the above to fit your needs as a physician. Join us now. For more info, check us out at mcmsonline.com or give us a call today at 602-252-2015. Welcome back. Dr. Umamura, uh, on the first half of the show, we we're talking about what brought you out to Arizona, uh, what drew you to this team, a little bit about why you got into neuro-oncology. I'm wondering if you can explain for listeners who may not be familiar with clinical trials, what is a phase zero clinical trial? Sure. Um, so in clinical trials, you may hear phase zero, one, two, three. There's even phase four or yeah. post-marketing. Um, so, and then there's, there are some different definitions of um, phase zero and uh, window of opportunity, but for this purpose of conversation, I'm just going to kind of lump them together, which may bring some cringe to some people, but okay. just anything before phase one. So uh, I think the easiest way to understand is, you know, some of the big randomized trials that a lot of people think about is a phase three trial. Uh, and that is, you know, trying to see which treatment is better comparing couple treatment. Um, kind of and, like what we saw with all the COVID drugs that were pushed out and, and people volunteered. Yeah, it's like a placebo control type of thing, yeah. Okay. And then there is phase two, which oftentimes is looking for a signal of efficacy. Is Does this have activity? So that sounds similar, but um, the difference is statistical values and randomization and things like that, like how strong is that comparison um, for simplicity's sake. Um, and phase one oftentimes is about toxicity or is this drug getting in? Is this drug safe to use? Um, and and I, I guess I kind of lumped into, so phase zero is um, oftentimes looking for, is the drug actually getting into where we need it to go? Or when it goes in, what is the concentration of the metabolite in the body, in the blood? So there's a lot of things that happens in terms of um, before you're deciding, is it even efficacious? Yeah. Um, in human beings. In human beings. That's right. This is all in human beings. And then we're, when we were talking about studies before that, that's when, when we kind of lumped together all of that by saying preclinical evidence and preclinical data. And then there are mice data. They're you know, in vivo, in vitro type of things. Okay. Let's talk about how you and other neuro-oncologists focus on drug development can use the operating room as an accelerator, for example. Sure. Um, so I'm going to answer that and kind of go back to what you asked me earlier about what brought me out to Arizona yeah, and please. the whole collaboration here. So I want to mention I did have great collaborators at University of Michigan as well. The one big difference here is not only do I have people I think I get along with, <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> um, right. um, and also the culture that I've witnessed. Um, but 
the inherent difference at Ivy Brain Tumor Center and Barrett Neurological Institute is the funding mechanism they have here for the clinical trials. So traditionally, clinical trials are funded by government. You know, the, the, the clinical trials and preclinical studies and lab science is funded by, for example, NIH grant, national grant, NCI grant, or um, drug companies like what you saw during COVID. Yeah, it's funded by industry. That can get what it needs to be done. However, it doesn't necessarily always um, give you the fastest timeline. And it takes also, a long time. To it takes a really long time. National Cancer Institute. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. And also, it does also um, create the comp- uh, competition between the scientists, which is great in terms of getting the best science forward. Yeah. But sometimes that can impede collaboration because people are looking for the same funding. Here, because of the funding mechanism here, it creates the collaboration that needs to happen. Um, and there's really no reason for different labs to compete um, for that type of things. And we can just really focus on the science and what we need to do here. Okay. And then another great thing is it's such um, a big neuroscience, uh, neurosurgical center here as well. So going back to the accelerator for phase, uh, phase zero being the accelerator. Um, when, so I'm not a surgeon, mm-hmm. um, but when I give drugs to patients, um, I need to know if the drug is actually getting into the brain. So the, in neuro-oncology, all of our tumor we're treating is in the brain, and we can't just measure what's in the blood to know what's actually getting into the tumor, what's going into the brain. We can't just do a biopsy of a skin. Um, so the drug distribution in the brain is oftentimes different from the blood or the soft tissue uh, because of the blood-brain barrier. Um, Sometimes we need to know what's in the spinal fluid concentration because there's a blood CSF, uh, blood CSF and brain CSF barrier as well. So I think just because of the organ location, it's also very important. But not only that, in this era of molecular medicine, we know so much more about these tumors. We're learning so much more. And we we know already that not every tumor called the same tumor is different uh, the same. So not every glioblastoma is the same. And even within the patient, not every part of the tumor is the same. And we really need to have a better understanding of how these treatments are working um, on individual tumor level to actually see if what treatment works for what population within those tumor population. And I think it's really, because otherwise, you know, you can't really test what you want to test unless you're testing it into the in the right population. Yeah. Okay. Would you recommend to other colleagues that they get involved with clinical trials as a sub-investigator, for example, to sort of wet their feet or in some other way, um, you know, seeing added value to their patients, um, whether they're in private practice and they're in a specialty that's conducive to trials or they're in a hospital system like this? I think everyone can take part in clinical trial um, as a self-investigator or co-investigator or not. I think just even understanding what it is um, when people ask about it or just even having knowing where to send a patient for a contact, all of those things are part of clinical trial. Clinical trial starts with awareness, accrual, before you even can treat the patient. You know, if no one knows about it, we can't test these things, right? Um, and... Uh, in the neuro-oncology of the society, we often talk about our patients actually being offered the options of clinical trials. 
And sometimes they are not. A lot of patients actually are not even offered these clinical trials if people don't know about it or they aren't referred to subspecialists. And I think anyone from a receptionist to a private practice physician, medical oncologist, or primary care physician who orders that first MRI when someone has a headache, everyone can play a part in those line of clinical trial. What if if patients listening to this or, or physicians who wanted to refer patients to be involved, how do they contact the team to be a volunteer or a you know, patient as a part of the clinical trials that you have? Yeah. So patients, friends, family, people who know nothing about brain tumor, um, even if you don't work in the health industry, you can get involved in so many different ways. Volunteering is one of them. Um, but maybe you don't have time to volunteer because you have your life. Um, you can also contribute by finding a cause, finding a team that, you know, resonate to you. Um, and even $5, $10 donation, those things can really ex- accelerate research. Um, I mentioned the funding earlier. You know, a great idea cannot translate into reality without really money. Uh, you know, it, it costs money to get the drugs administered or created. And I have been fortunate to have patients from my private practice who really um, took it upon themselves to fundraise, for example, because they wanted to see change made quicker. And, you know, I've I've seen a couple of patients who started with just a couple of social media postings or something and turn into a massive campaign. I think you just never know who you would touch by communicating. I have witnessed that myself and in watching others do so. And I think just talking about it, volunteering your time, all of those things is part of research. Well, welcome to the Valley. <laughs> um, glad to hear earlier that you found some good restaurants and that you're getting more, more involved with this community. It's a, it's a vast community, not only in Phoenix, Maricopa County, but Arizona. Um, lots of opportunities for you to have an impact on patients. So thank you for choosing to be here. Thank you. This production is brought to you by Maricopa County Medical Society. MCMS is increasing value for physicians throughout the valley. For more info, check out mcmsonline.com or simply give us a call at 602-252-2015. Helping physicians be the best they can be.